Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Victoria. And thank you for joining me here on this one, episode 83 of the Fifth Estate. Fifth Estate Podcast. Um, picked a bad time to have a couple of days off. Holy smoke. So much stuff has happened in the last few days that I really don't know where to begin with at all. Um, but you know what? I, I will do my best. A uh, couple of things that I do want to rant about. Uh, first of all, there's... Uh, when did this appear? A couple of days ago now. What was that? The third, I think. Hang on, look at my calendar. I think that was about Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Um, our illustrious federal leader, Anthony Albanese, put a bit in the Australian. Which, having a look at it, it just shows you why the corrupt corporate press cannot be viewed as anything else than um, government-supported uh, PR machines um, and, and it's the thing you know everything that we read in that we should be um, you know reading with a grain of salt um, and what is it the um, I can't remember the the, the eye of skepticism uh, for that one so first of all uh, this is, as I said, by Anthony Albanese. Headline is, Fragile Democracy is Under Threat. Anthony Albanese. Uh, now, Anthony Albanese says, The hammer attack on US Speaker Nancy Pelosi hus- Pelosi's husband, Paul, is a symptom of the increased polarisation and extremism of popular political discourse across the West. The attack on Mr. Pelosi's hus- Mr. Pelosi was terrifying. To think that something like that could happen, the Prime Minister said in an exclusive, exclusive interview. Uh, Mr. Albanese described democracy as fragile and said the contest between democracy and authoritarianism was part of the broader strategic competition uh, between democracy and the various types of authoritarianism around the world. Democrats have to stand up for democracy. We can't duck these issues, he said. Now, I think that's the most important line of of the whole lot is that – uh, Albanese is in line with the authoritarian left in the US, which is the Democrats. Now, let's go back a couple of steps. Uh, why is he making a comment about this when we don't know why this attack happened? Um, there's conflicting reports everywhere about it and, you know, any number of conspiracy theories, um, alternative theories labelled as conspiracy theories, uh, around the incident, uh, for a start, there was you know supposedly a third person who opened the door, um, all sorts of things, and you know he he goes on about this and he says nothing about uh, what was it? There were shots fired at uh, the home of a Republican candidate. Uh, we've seen a Democrat supporter go and run down uh, in their obviously in their car. A, um, a child who he thought was one of the MAGA Republicans conspiring against him, a whole lot of stuff like that. Yet he never says anything about that violence. And there was even, uh, who was it? Um, 
Arizona candidate Curry Lake, uh, her team uh, a couple of days ago was sent um, envelopes containing a white powder. So, you know, he, he doesn't mention anything about that. So, you know, this is the and, – and we also need to remember that the US, like Australia, are not democracies. Uh, we are a constitutional monarchy, whereas the US is a constitutional republic. So for Albanese to get out and pretend that democracy is under threat is a load of crap. Uh, and it just – you know, that there wasn't pushback by the corrupt corporate press on these comments just shows you – uh, how bested that they are in, in pushing bullshit narratives. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to read the rest of the article because this is just a, a bit of, of him trying to uh, put himself up as, as, you know, being the one who was, uh, you know, the, the moderate one uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I... I it is. It's, it's one of those things where, you know what, it, it's better off just to uh, leave it as it is rather than, you know, have, have these idiots uh, in the corrupt corporate press uh, get on and try and pretend uh, that, you know, what they're saying it makes any sense. Uh, adding to that is comments by Susie O'Brien, uh, this time in the Herald Sun, uh, the headline is uh, Donald Trump might make America great, he'll divide it. Um, first of all, this is the Herald Sun. So why is the Herald Sun paying any attention to what's happening in the US? Uh, you know, I, I think that their focus should be the lies that are being put out by Supreme Leader Andrews, Albanese and all those other ones uh, or even making a big song and dance about, uh, who was it, one of the lefties called um there you go uh labor senator called national senator uh bridget mckenzie a naughty little girl now if that had have been the other way around can you imagine the uproar that would have happened about that and yet because it's a labor senator no one says a word about it it's just oh you know what it makes it um so you know what it, it just shows a, a how much contempt that these people have for, you know, the, these ev- the evil class have for, um, you know, for, for the system itself. So going back to this Susie O'Brien article, like really, it, it, what difference does it make? You know, there, there's no comments about um, what um, Justin Castro is doing in, in Canada, uh, no comments about what Adern's doing in New Zealand, um, anything like that, yet for some reason it decides that, uh, you know, it, it's going on a, an anti-Trump bandwagon. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that it really does make you wonder why people read this crap um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, anyway... Something I did find interesting now, if you ever go down by her, um, the, 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 a bit, I don't know what they freaking call that bit, her byline, um, that's it. Uh, uh, she's an experienced media performer who appears on Sunrise every Friday, 
where her main audience is women on treadmills watching the sound with watching with the sound turned down. Over the years, she's been on the Project The Circle, Mornings Today, Weekend Today, and Sky News, and every other news show. Um, if she appears on Sunrise and she's been on the project, that should just show you which way she her views lean, and that you know for the Herald Sun, which is supposedly part of the the extreme right wing media, um, it just yeah, it's just one of those things. Is like first of all, why why are we even worried about it? We don't mention anything about any of the other um, leadership races going on around the country yet. For some reason. Uh, considering the presidential election is about two years away. Why are we even talking about it now? Oh, uh, well, but anyway, these people have to have to rant about something. Uh, what else is there? Um, was wondering whether... Nah, you know what? I was going to talk about Supreme Leader Andrews, uh, the bike crash and, and all that sort of stuff. I've included a link to the... Uh, Herald Sun article, and I think there's even one for the Daily Mail, uh, which I can't. I'll, I'll try and dig it up uh, for that one. But yeah, it's just I don't know, man. There's so much that's going on with that one that quite doesn't doesn't quite make sense. Uh, for a start, you know, there's the front right hand uh, panel. Uh, you know, just below the headlight of the Ford Territory, there's damage, then there's the windscreen. So uh, it's obvious that the initial point of impact would have been that and then the bike riders rolled up and hit the windscreen. Uh, and Kath Andrews said glass, you know, was shattered all over. Um, does it say that? Um My husband. Um, as a result of the collision, the front windscreen smashed and glass was thrown through my car. I received abrasions to the inside of my upper legs from the glass. First of all, it wasn't her car. It was the government car that Supreme Leader Andrews, as opposition leader, had been given. Uh, so it wasn't her car, for a start. Uh, if you have a look at it, doesn't look like there's any glass broken from it because uh, windscreens are laminated, so they just uh, they don't shatter and groan. They just do that um, cracking where they all stick together and all that sort of stuff. So I can't imagine there'd be a great deal of glass there. Uh, and Supreme Leader Andrews said that, uh, and he makes it says it in his uh, article in his statement. Um, I want to make it clear: the cyclist hit our vehicle. Uh, and he's on record in press releases saying that the car that the cyclist T-boned his car or the car he was driving. Now, if you have a look at the photos, that is not the case. So there's uh, something going on there. Um, you know, it wouldn't take Perry Mason to figure out that uh, there's a bit of a cover-up there. Uh, you know. Why weren't they breath tested? Why wasn't the injured person uh, interviewed? Why wasn't the car impounded? Why all that sort of stuff? But once again, uh, Supreme Leader Andrews has his uh, you know people there that that will cover up for him uh, and everything like that. The other one was 
his trip. Okay, now the Australian is going on saying that uh, the fall down the stairs is a bit of a distraction, uh, whereas it's not. Uh, This is something that needs to be discussed. Uh, He needs to honestly come clean and provide medical reports, police reports and all that sort of stuff. Um, You know, two steps. Don't know if he was walking out. He he could really get airborne off those two steps. Uh, The thing was that uh, he has not made any insurance claims against the owner of the property. Now, this was a rented property. Uh, The other thing was was that uh, his comments, as he's made again about that, differ to what uh, Victoria Police have said and what the ambulance uh, ambulance service have told us. Uh, They said that it wasn't an emergency thing, that they just putted out there and took them 15 minutes to arrive, which... I think is bullshit because if someone rings up and says, hey, the Premier of Victoria is falling, he's on his back, he can't move, he's turning blue, he can't breathe, that would be a priority call. And then in addition to that, in the article, I think it was in the Herald Sun, um, when the Herald Sun did it, was that he said that uh, his detail moved him inside. Now, why would his detail be moving uh, you know, yep, they're, they're coppers and, you know, they're not medically trained, you know, they're not uh, ambulance people, you know, professionals or anything like that. Though, why would they be moving a suspected spinal injury inside? Um, because that's likely to do, to do more damage. Uh, you'd leave him there where he was and, you know, get him to a point of supporting his neck and, and everything like that. Um, so, you know, that's the other thing. Why hasn't there been... Uh, an investigation into the uh, the actions, whether the actions of Victoria Police, um, you know, further, um, you know, the their actions further, you know, made more damage to his back. Um, what's the terminology on that one? But anyway, um, so yeah, there, there's so much that doesn't make sense on that one. There's so much that doesn't make sense on on the bike incident. So. You know what, it's, it's one of those things that I don't think we will ever find out. Um, yeah, so um, it, it's just getting to the point now where there's too many clouds above him for him to remain in power. And honestly, as I've said before, if anyone votes for him, mate, you guys have got to keep your mouth shut for the next four years. Regardless of what happens, you've just got to keep your mouth shut. If you voted Labor or you voted Greens, um, come November 26, uh, then, you know, you really do. You have to keep your mouth shut for the next four years because I really don't want to hear about it um, because you've all brought it on to yourself. Um, so, yeah, it's now, speaking of, as I was saying a little bit before about the corrupt corporate press, Neil Mitchell's gone on, uh, what was he on? A Channel 9 program, crapping on about... Um, that, you know, you can't get along, you can't get behind the message of uh, the anti-mandate protesters and all that sort of stuff because supposedly someone jumped on, one of them jumped on someone's car. Well, you know what, if that's the worst that happened by him, like, big freaking deal. One person jumped on a car, yet, you know what, Supreme Leader Andrews was the one who was in charge whilst Victoria Police opened fire on unarmed citizens. 
they're the he was the one that was in charge and under his direction, which we know it was, don't pretend it came from Slugger, that it was under his direction that parks were closed. It was under his direction that uh, people washing their cars were, you know, washing their cars in um, wash bays at one o'clock in the morning were given a fine for breaking the, you know, um, COVID directions and all that sort of crap. So, you know, there's – so what one idiot jumped on, oh, it's a Bentley, um, having a look at it. Well, whoop de doo uh, remember, Supreme Leader Andrews was the one that was there that closed down our schools, made our children wear face diapers, made our children get an experimental um, therapeutic. He's the one that turned around and decided who in who isn't a uh, an essential worker. He's the one that decided what businesses get to stay open, what businesses close. He's the one that has put um, mandates and, and told us, and even probably still to this day, that getting the jab protects you from the Wu flu when the uh, Pfizer executives have now have told you, and even Slugger has admitted that it doesn't protect you from the Wu flu. So what's the point in that? Um, so, yeah, it, it's just going back that, uh, you know, Neil Mitchell... You know, he's just a, a, a paid PR um, person for, um, what is it, for, for the government, just pushes whatever government narrative that they want and he's just one of the ones who says, yep, we'll go ahead with it. Um, what else? Now, something that I have ranted about before um, and I'll, I'll leave that one for last. Uh, was about the um, person who set fire to a Point Cook house and killed um, three people, uh, killed um, Abby Forrest, who was 19, uh, Indy Singh Sahal, 28, and their 19-year-old baby daughter. Um, now this person, I did rant about it saying that uh, this individual has pled guilty to the uh, lesser charge of arson causing death. Um, so I'll just find that article. Where is it? Um, anyway, she's pled, pled down. So the... Government has uh, the, the Department of Pro Office of Public Prosecutions or whoever it is um, has turned and said that um, she's pleading down to a lower sentence. And I'm, where is it? Uh, anyway, I can't find that one where it says um, it was arson causing death rather than. Uh, I mean, uh, here we go. Um, Called for Hayes to be handed the maximum penalty of 25 years in prison after she pleaded guilty to three counts of arson causing death. Um, it was premeditated. She took photos um, and selfies and, and all that sort of stuff whilst the downstairs uh, bedroom that she set alight was on fire. I can't see how that is arson causing death um, because, you know, big deal. Big deal. She didn't know there were people upstairs. Bad freaking luck. Um, in, in this instance, I think it should be the maximum penalty, um, stuff that the pleading guilty to, uh, arson causing death. I mean, three relatively young lives have just been snuffed out, um, 
and yeah, it's it, it's not something that um, you know. It, how do you get past it? Um, it says she took photos as the townhouse was engulfed by flames after setting fire to the man's mattress. Um, uh, her barrister said that while the fire was an unspeakable tragedy, Hayes re- should receive a low non-parole period due to her traumatic background, early offers to plead guilty, depression and personality disorder. You know what? I really don't give a flying rats about that. Um, this was a, a premeditated attack uh, and that's killed three people. And if this one, if the judiciary, which... Fridays that they're the handing down of the sentence. I have a feeling that the judiciary is going to go easy on her because the judiciary do tend to do things like that um, for the prosecutors to um, allow this plea bargain to happen. Um, I have a feeling that uh, Victoria is going to end up the way of Democrat states in the US, that all these little things are getting pled, you know, pled down uh, and people get off with, you know, slaps on the wrist and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that, yeah, it, it's, it's not going to be a good thing for anyone uh, if this person gets off. Um, so uh, where was it? Now, Herald Sun has a big breakdown of, of what happens. Um, even the day after, um, whereas if you have a look, there, there's a full timeline that goes Wednesday, uh, December 2, 2020. So fuck man, it's taken two years to get to court. Um, Hey sends two photos of the bedroom blaze, your house on fire. Uh, firefighters loaded to the braze after receiving a press to Hayes text them a description of herself. Um, she's at three, th- two, 3 o'clock in the morning. She's sending messages because she's a sex worker. Um, now in North Melbourne property, uh, Hayes texts her son asking if he's awake. I did something stupid, she write. Um, fire at this is three thirty-five. Firefighters deem the house too dangerous to search for occupants because of the intensity of the fire. Um, Four a.m. She texts a client on a, a contact on her phone. A client took all my money, so I burnt his house down. She continues. So sick of people thinking they can do this shit to me and nothing happens to them. He took what I had, so I took what he had. Um, 4.45, the fire dies down and the house can be finally searched. Um, now at 1.30 Thursday, um, Hayes goes off to a friend's house and shows him photos of the fire saying she's done something stupid. Um, and then 10 o'clock she's arrested at the Skyways Tavern. Um... Later tell police in a recorded conversation it was only a little flame on the bed. I started burning his mattress because it took money. Um, police tell Hayes that uh, had told her there were people in the house. 
she expletive. He didn't, she replies. He's charged with murder uh, and alternative charges of arson causing death. Uh, June 22, uh, June 2022, Hayes pleads the guilty to three counts of arson causing death, which carries a maximum of 25-year sentence. Emerged charges are withdrawn. Um, I, I absolutely disagree with that. Um, it, it should be. I mean, this comes back to the, the whole devaluing of, of human life. I mean, let's not forget that for the last fucking three years we've been locked down to save lives and yet here's someone who intentionally and their actions took three lives and yet it's only an arson, you know. Um, three counts of arson causing death. What, you know, yeah, it just, one of those things, it just freaking baffles you. Like, it, yeah, had, had you, you know, had, had you turn around and, and say that, what do you, um, you know, how do you equate that for, for the crap that we've put up with for the last three years to save lives and yet here's someone whose actions, as I said, ended three lives and just, uh, you know. Anyway, um, now the one thing I did want to talk about, uh, I'll probably have a bit of a longer rant on that one, this one, is uh, our new Defence Minister, Richard Miles, uh, has flagged a new military doctrine of impactful projection, requiring the De- Australian Defence Force to be given new firepower to hit adversaries at much longer ranges than it is currently able to do so. So here we are. We're fueling the uh, military-industrial complex again. Uh, we need to be getting away from this uh, hitting enemies and, and adversaries, you know, long distance and all that sort of crap. Uh, let's just turn around and say, no, let's just protect this freaking country that we've got. Let's get the citizens involved um, for that. And, as you know, it, it's something that I've said along, we need to arm the citizens. Um, you know, give the people the right or the ability to uh, own firearms for self-defence purposes, whether it's defence of... Uh, yourself, um, someone else or the country, uh, we should be able to do that. Arm the population and no one will come near us. Uh, And this is what we need to do. So though, unfortunately, the Australian government has signed up to the, uh, what was it, the 70s or the 80s for the Convention for the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women. And one of those clauses in that is the total disarmament. Um, So... Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that one. But, yeah, it, it's a thing. Um, you know, I, I've said all along that governments want to take your weapons off you because they want to do bad things to you. Uh, we are seeing that uh, more and more in the US. Uh, we have seen that firsthand here in Australia. Um, you know, we are not allowed to have um, firearms for any purpose. We're not allowed to have any sort of defensive weapon for any purpose. Um, on a bit of a side note, uh, there is a um, under the Weapons Act, so you can apply to the governor and council for uh, permission to use uh, particular um, weapons and, and things like that. Um, Is it that one? 
it's um, there's anyway. Um, sorry, it's the uh, chief commissioner um, that you apply for it, and there's a whole lot of things. Is that you know they've deemed that there's no purpose for this and no purpose for that um, for that one. Uh, but yeah, going back to this thing by Miles, um, he's pushing the the military industrial complex, which is not going to be a good thing uh, for anyone. Uh, it's not going to protect this country. It's going to be um, stuff that's going to be happening in years. Um, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be decades before we have the capability that they're going to be spending billions and billions and billions of dollars on. Um, so, yeah, it's... We don't need to invade a country to hold it at risk, um, Vice Admiral said. Um, so, like, this is a load of shit. Um, so, yeah, as I've said, we, we need to be giving people a sense of... Uh, community and uh, belonging and reasons to appreciate where we are and to have uh, to put value in where we are and to get to a point of uh, if it comes to it of defending where you are and um, also going to sort of tie this into comments made by uh, former PM Tony Abbott Uh, he was talking in a podcast or something over the weekend and he's turned around and said that um, uh, 18-year-olds or school leavers need to form some sort of um, community's um, uh, national service. Uh, he did mention into the military. Uh, I don't think that that should be it because it's just pushing military uh, industrial complex. It's allowing governments to have a uh, increased pot of um, young lives to waste uh, we should just actually disband the defence force. Uh, we shouldn't have one at all because, uh, you know, if, if politicians want to send people to war to die for their cause, they should be the first ones that go. And I don't give a rat's backside what politician it is. There is not any um, anything that, that, that is happening in the world today that can justify sending, um, you know, lives of of young people or middle-aged people or old people or whatever it is that, that can send uh, innocent people to their deaths to fight uh, and, and potentially kill or be killed uh, on foreign shores. And it, it's, you know, the, the, yeah, people need to, to wake up to this and let's just um, stop this whole idolisation of, of the Defence Force. Yes, you know, I've, I've spent time in the Army Reserve and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's that's what I did. I don't agree with it now um, because it is the thing you're just cannon fodder. You're cannon fodder for some egotistical pricks in Canberra's, their, um, you know, their views. And I'm not saying this to uh, diminish the service of those people who, you know, the... the the time that those people have served and I will never do that and it's not their fault that what they did, um, just like when I joined up, it was the thing I thought I was doing the right thing at the time, um, I wanted to give something back and all that sort of stuff so I'm not having a crack at, at anyone who served or anything like that. Uh, this is up to those uh, bureaucrats and those politicians in Canberra who willingly and, um, you know, I, I'd even to a point of... of gleefully 
sending people to their death. Um, that shit needs to stop. Um, government should not be able to do that. And, and let's make it clear, you know, if we were a democracy, we'd have some say in that, except we don't. It's just a whole lot of bunch of idiots in Canberra that decide, oh, you know what, we need to send troops over here. We need to send people over there. We need to send people over to this place to get killed. We need to send people over to this place. And it, 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 it can't continue. It shouldn't continue in this uh, modern, you know, democratic society. Why don't we have a say in it? Why don't we get to have a say in, you know, what children, you know, our children that we, we get to send overseas? Um, it should be us to, up to us to decide. It shouldn't be up to the whole bunch of idiots that, that have, um, you know, have no skin in the game um, to decide. So, you know, this is the thing um, with what Tony Waddup was saying, completely disagree with uh, Defence Force Service, fully support other other things. So, you know, spend 12 months in the bushes, spend 12 months volunteering for, you know, St John, spend 12 months volunteering for um, anything else in the community. Um, you know what, Peace Corps overseas, um, yeah, maybe, uh, I would be, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at spending more time here, first of all, and, you know, get this whole, um, focus back onto our community rather than, um, you know, just, just that whole, um, you know, little let Australia burn and all that sort of shit. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's something that, um, we need to do that and, yeah, that, that's something we should be looking at. You know, gap years and all that sort of stuff. Um, don't As I said, don't agree with the Defence Force. Um, maybe it was some sort of, um, uh, you know, organisation that improved the community uh, and all that sort of stuff. Yep, go for it. Um, anything where you have to take up arms against another person, um, that is no direct threat to you or the only reason that they are a threat to you is because they're doing the same thing that you're doing, um, completely disagree with that altogether. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, um, won't get on that soapbox. Um, so, folks, I might end it here. It's a little bit of a short one. Um, do you want to say coming up uh, in tomorrow's episode, which is going to be episode, what's that, 84, um, got an interesting one. Uh, did an interview a couple of days ago with a the um, grew Victorian socialist candidate uh, for Metro North East, Lucas Moore. Um, so had, had an interesting discussion with him. Um, so that's going to come out uh, tomorrow, being Wednesday, and then Thursday, Robin Shooter's back. So having a discussion with that one. Uh, going to be working on getting some more. Uh, people to have a chat to and all that sort of stuff as well. So still working on that one and uh, do want to have um, political conversations and, and all that sort of stuff. So I've got some numbers of some other people to talk to. Uh, so I'm looking at uh, getting them over the next couple of days. So th- there's going to be a lot of, I think there might be two podcasts coming out a day. So it'll be the uh, pardon me, political interview and then my rants after that. So We'll just have to wait and see how we go with that. Um, but anyway, as I said, um, yeah, it, it, it's a thing. It, it's well worth listening to. Um, I will admit, um, surprised about potential common ground uh, that you know I thought I you know that I found I did have with socialist. Um, some things I did disagree with them on, 
but, you know, there were, especially coming from my anarchistic point of view and did have challenges with him, uh, you know, pushback on, on a couple of things with him about that one. So, yeah, it, it is well worth listening to. Now, I'm not telling you to vote for the socialists or anything like that. You vote how you want to vote uh, and everything like that. So, But I, I do think that it's just, um, it, it, it's a good idea to, to have uh, a bit more of an everyday discussion with them uh, about things and uh yeah so um hopefully i can get some other candidates on board and and see how they're going with that uh so yeah anyway uh as i said that's about it for this one so uh thank you for listening and uh hopefully you can join me on the next one so that uh the one with lucas more will come out uh about nine thirty tomorrow morning uh what's that nine thirty wednesday morning uh, and then the one with Robin Tudor will come out about 9.30 on Thursday morning. So that'll be good over the next couple of days. So uh, we'll see how we go. And I, I do hope you listen to the one with Lucas. So anyway, until then, thank you for listening and uh, look forward to having you on the next one. So until then, bye for now. Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring... Oops, that is bad there. So my apologies, folks. I pushed the wrong button and this is the one to end the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.